Today is February 13, 2022. We are reading from the book of AA, page 63, starting with um, well, page 63. <laughs> um, Linda will be our reader, and it will be followed by a 20-minute share by Lynette. Yvette. I'm Which sorry. Which chapter is it in? Excuse me? Which chapter is it in? It's page 63. Yeah, I have an older book. Oh. Is there a chapter? Oh, the chapter is how it works. I apologize. Thank you. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. I'm a little, I'm not right today. I didn't sleep well last night. I'm sorry. So anyway, um, Yvette will share, we'll have a 20 minute share. So Yvette, would you, I mean, I'm sorry. Linda, would you please read page 63? I apologize. Hi, I'm Linda S. Recovered Compulsive Eater from New Jersey. When we sincerely took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. We had a new employer. Being all powerful, he provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. As we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully, as we became conscious of his presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. We were reborn. We were now at step three. Many of us said to our maker, as we understood him, God, I offer myself to thee, to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. We thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. <clears throat> we found it very desirable to take this spiritual step with an understanding person, such as our wife, best friend, or spiritual advisor. But it is better to meet God alone than with one who might misunderstand. The wording was, of course, quite optional, so long as we expressed the idea voicing it without reservation. This was only a beginning, though if honestly and humbly made, an effect, sometimes a very great one, was felt at once. Next, we launched out on a course of vigorous action, the first step of which is a personal house cleaning, which many of us had never attempted. Though our decision was a vital and crucial step, it could have little permanent effect unless at once followed by a strenuous effort 
to face and to be rid of the things in ourselves which had been blocking us. Our liquor was but a symptom, so we had to get down to causes and conditions. Pass. Karen, you're muted. Thank you. My computer's not working right either today. Um, anyway, Yvette, please share with us for about 20 minutes on the page Linda has read. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, my name is Yvette and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And uh, I'm inviting uh, God into this um, with, with us um, and hopefully provide some words that hopefully will be helpful to someone. Um, I try not to think too much ahead of time about uh, what I'll say because that gets you know me and my ego all involved. And um, what I'm learning about in this program is that um, it's, it's all about me getting my ego out of the way. So I do try to uh, trust that God will uh, provide the words um, that I'm meant to share. Um, so I am a recovered compulsive overeater and I love um, that we read the 10 step promises. Um, that it was exactly my experience um, when I recognized that the obsession was removed. Um, it was like, oh my God, um, it's gone. And, and I also recognized I had nothing to do with it. Um, I, real, I recognized it finally for the gift uh, that it was um, from that power greater than myself. Um, so just a, a little history. Um, my first meeting was July 4th, 1992. Um, I was 28 years old, uh, pretty miserable. Um, didn't realize I was a compulsive overeater, um, uh, but I walked into that first meeting and I felt like I fit in. I knew I was home. Um, and um, at 28, I never felt like I fit in anywhere. Um, so for me to actually feel with a group of strangers, except for the friend that I went with, um, that was pretty powerful. Um, so the only thing I've done um, in all of these years, I'm coming up on 30 years in July of being in, in these rooms, um, was to keep coming back no matter what. That's the only thing that I've done. Everything else, eh, I'm pretty willful, defiant, and arrogant. So there's been a lot of me in the way, um, but I did keep coming back um, because I heard that over and over and over again at the beginning, just keep coming back no matter what. So if you're new, I think that there's some newcomers here, just keep coming back. Um, I would uh, strongly suggest following the instructions in this book um, because they are very clear on, on how to recover. Um, and when I fully surrendered a few years ago, when I finally ran out of ideas and did what it said to do in this book, when I reread it with my sponsor, um, I had that you know, experience that it describes in, in, in um, the 10th step. Um, so I love this page. I mean, I could uh, probably talk about every single part of this, um, but uh, at the beginning, that first paragraph, um, those talk about the promises of, of step three. Um, when we sincerely took a position, all sorts of remarkable things happened, and these are remarkable in my life today. Um, I have a new employer being all powerful. He provided what I needed if I kept close to him and performed his work well. Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. And as we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, 
as we discovered we could face life successfully, we, we were reborn. Um, that, that, that is my experience today. Um, is my life perfect? Absolutely not. Um, had to make an amends. You know, it's 10 o'clock in the morning and I've already made an amends to a sponsee. Um, and that's, that's the beauty of, of this way of life. You know, at this point in the book, you know, this is just a decision. You know, step three is literally just a decision basically to go on with the rest of the work, um, to do steps four through nine, you know, to make a decision to start that work. That, that's all it is. You know, of course, me and my complicated head, you know, I've got to make it bigger than what it is. But it literally says, you know, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God. Um, I don't actually know how to do that at step three. I don't know how to turn my will and my life over at step three, really. Um, I just make a decision that I'm going to learn how to do that. Um, you know, this is a skill set, um, you know, four through nine is a skill set. And, you know, this decision that that we make at step three um, is a, you know, it's a very powerful decision. And many times, you know, as it says down here, you know, this was only a beginning, though, if honestly and humbly made, an effect sometimes a great one was felt at once. Um, I'm not sure I felt that years ago. Um, but I tell you when I and it was a couple years ago, um, probably, let's see, I'm coming up on uh, three years of abstinence, so probably um, three and a half or two years, I can't remember. Um, uh, when, I, when I surrendered um, and part of my struggle um, for many years before I surrendered um, was because I was willful, defiant, and arrogant, um, and I didn't want to be entirely abstinent. I thought, you know, 90%, 95%, that should be good enough, right? It wasn't good enough. It was not good enough because it was always going to keep triggering that phenomenon of craving. So I was never going to have the experience trying to do it that way. It was never going to work, especially, you know, I'll do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's not how it works. That's not how it works. And when I followed the instructions, one once I was willing to get entirely abstinent, that was that was crucial. Had to get entirely abstinent, 100%, not 90%, not 95%, but put it all down. The all of the for me, all of the alcoholic foods and all of the behaviors. When I put all of that down and then work the steps because I had to. I had I had to because I was back to where I entered the program when I was 28. I was isolating myself, I was binging, and I wanted to die. That's what I had gotten back to after all those years of being in these rooms. That's what I had gotten back to because I wasn't following the instructions. And so I, I said, okay, I'm, I'm done. I am done. And that was the critical turning point when I was out of ideas because I was efforting, I was efforting, I was trying to make this happen. I wasn't following the instructions, but I was going to try and figure out if that's way of doing it. That's not the title of the book. <laughs> it doesn't say if that's anonymous. You know, the instructions are here. All I have to do is do what it says to do. And when I do, then I've got a very different life. You know, it's not perfect. Like I said, 10 o'clock and I've already had to make an amends. It's certainly not perfect. But I do have a new employer and I do try to pack into the stream of life. And boy, does that make for a much better existence. You know, I've got a much different existence today in my life. I love my life. Never thought that was possible. Never, ever thought that was possible. My idea, basically, life sucks and then you die. That was my idea. 
That's not my idea anymore. It's not. I don't know when I'm going to die, but until I do, if I follow these instructions, I'm going to have a pretty good existence. Um, you know, and then the, the, the prayer. And I'm going to read it and I'm going to cry. So it's going to be on the recording and sorry about that. And if anybody's not okay with tears, I'm sorry about that too. But God, I offer myself to, to thee, to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. And that's what I try to do to the best of my ability each day. Um, some days are better than others. Today, not so much. I'm tired of my own making. Um, I wanted to go see a musical last night. <laughs> uh, and I did because I wanted to. Um, started at eight o'clock. And when does it usually go to bed? Eight o'clock <laughs> around there. So I didn't get home till 1030. And then it took me a while to fall asleep because it was a really good musical. And I was pretty excited. I wake up at 334 o'clock, no matter what time I go to sleep. So I woke up pretty tired. Um, and that was part of the reason why I ended up needing to make an amends to a sponsee. Um, I had to make an amends to a sponsee um, because in my tiredness, you know, she said something that triggered something in me and, and I just got a little heated. <laughs> I got a little, I got a lot heated. And um, gratefully, 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 because of this program in my life, when she hung up on me and she hung up on me, I took a deep breath and said, oh my God, what have I just done? What have I just done? Yvette, what have you just done? But gratefully, this is my design for living. So I knew what to do. It says to make amends quickly if we've harmed someone. So I didn't just let it go saying, well, you know, trying to justify, well, if she hadn't said, blah, 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 I didn't do all that. You know, this is how I live my life. I offer myself to God. And the instructions say, when I make a mistake, try to clean it up as quickly as I can. And gratefully, she spoke to me again when I called her back because I texted her and said, I need to make an amends if you'll, if you'll talk to me. And so I did. And we ended up, you know, we were chuckled, you know, we laughed. And, and that's, that's this design for living. Those are the instructions on what to do when I make a mistake, not if I make a mistake, because Yvette can be so arrogant to think that I can go through life not making mistakes. That's not possible. But I know what to do when I make a mistake. And, and because of this, this, this program in my life, um, you know, I do the best that I can. And when I make a mistake, I try to clean it up as quickly as I can. And it was a, you know, learning moment for me, for sure. Okay, that, yeah, I really can't be staying up late like that. But it also was a learning moment for her as well. Um, because, you know, she's working on, you know, doing 10 steps and making amends. And so I got to demonstrate, this is what I do. You know, when I screw up, I try to clean it up as quickly as I can. Because if I don't, eventually too much of that stuff piles up, I'm going to eat, you know, I'm going to stub my toe, uh, thoughts going to come into my head, and I'm going to act on it. That's why I have to do this work. And not only do I have to, I want to, because I, I love, like I said, I love my life. I love my life. And I have a life today that I love because 
of my connection to that power greater than myself. Um, it is the most important thing I do every single morning. Doesn't matter the day, you know, I, I get a daily reprieve. You know, I had a, a fellow say to me a few months ago, um, she wakes up agnostic. And I liked that image, you know, the image of, you know, I'm, I'm not plugged into that power. So if I'm not plugged in, my very first priority every morning, plugging into that power every day, it doesn't matter the day. This morning, yep, I was tired. I got up, you know, I'm on I'm, Sunday morning. I do a small group study with some fellows at seven. So I'm up, I was doing my thing, doing my work before I got onto that. Every single day, it is my first priority. It doesn't matter the day. Sometimes it might be a shorter amount, but it's my first priority. Because if I don't, if I don't, uh, I'm screwed. <laughs> you know, on my own, I know I am screwed. Because on my own, I'm left with the crazy in my head. And there's only one power that's greater than this crazy. And that is God, higher power, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it's pow more powerful than this. And that's why, you know, it tells me what to do on awakening. You know, I don't have to make anything up. Gratefully, I don't have to make anything up. It tells me what to do on awakening. You know, to think about my, the 24 hours ahead, ask God to direct my thinking, especially that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. The instructions are clear. All I have to do is do what it says to do. Not read what it says to do, but do what it says to do. And that's how my life has really transformed. It has transformed. I am not the same person because that person will eat again. So I can't be the same person. I cannot stay the same in this program if, if I follow these instructions closely um, because they're here. It's all laid out. Um, you know, in this point that we're at, you know, making a decision to turn my will and my life, and I understand my will and my life is my thinking and my actions. That's pretty much everything. <laughs> what I think and what I do, that's pretty much everything. When I turn that over to that power and then try to do what that power is guiding me to do, so different so different. When I get out of the way, and I was talking to, you know, the, the fellows that I study with on Sunday morning, that's my biggest job is getting out of the way of what my higher power is trying to do in my life. Because my experience has shown me that that power has much better things planned for me than I could ever plan for myself on my best day. You know, I've seen that over and over and over again that God's got better things planned for me than I could ever plan for myself. Proof, I'm still alive. <laughs> you know, I was 28 when I walked in and pretty miserable and I was planning on checking out by 35. You know, at that point it's like, okay, I'll put up with this misery for a few more years, but then I am done. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> That's not my life today. That's not my life today. And it's because you know, when I got to this point in my work this last time through the steps, I, I made this decision to turn my will and my life over. And then I really learned what four through nine is about, how to constructively review my life. Um, I walked in feeling like a moral defective. So, you know, when I saw that fourth step, it like, oh no, oh no, 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 I can't do that. I'm morally defective. How can I possibly take a moral inventory? 
and I didn't for a long time. You know, I did the one, two, three dance for several years because I did feel morally defective. I don't feel morally defective anymore. I'm not morally defective and none of you, if you're feeling that way, you're not. You know, we've all got our stuff. It may be different, you know, but basically we're selfish, dishonest, self-seeking and afraid. And that can manifest in however many different ways. But the, those are the four major character defects. And, you know, the inventory process helps me to see how does that manifest for me? And, you know, relying on that power, because by this point, I've got a power, you know, one, you know, I admitted on my own, I'm screwed, need help, going to get some help. And then I learn how to do that. That's what this, this process, that's what I've learned that this process is all about, is on my own, I am screwed because all I'm really left with is the way that I think. And that's the problem. You know, in the doctor's opinion, it's clear. There's a twofold piece to the problem, the physical allergy and the obsession of the mind. By far, the biggest part of the problem is the obsession of the mind. And against that, that's what I need a higher power for. Because on, with that, I've got nothing, nothing at my disposal until I get connected to power, because that's my problem, powerlessness. Lack of power, that is our dilemma. That is my dilemma, lack of power. And this book gratefully gives me directions on how to connect to that power. But I had to surrender first. And, you know, for me, it took, a, unfortunately, it took a really long time for that full surrender. And, you know, one of the things I say to my sponsees, I hope it doesn't take you as long as it took me because it basically took me about 25 years to surrender. You know, I had some period of, I think, white knuckled abstinence years ago. It, it wasn't, it's not freedom. It's certainly not the freedom that I have now. The obsession is gone. It, it's just not there. And I'm so grateful for that. So, so grateful for that. Because without the obsession, you know, being restored to sanity around food, then I get to live the life imperfectly, day by day a life that has meaning to me. It's got meaning. There isn't a thing in my life today that doesn't have meaning for me, gratefully. I was talking to my ex yesterday and, and I said, I don't do anything out of obligation anymore. I don't, I don't have to. And there was so much obligation in my life and God guided me um, in two-way prayer one morning, anything you do out of obligation is gonna backfire it's gonna backfire. And so that's not how I live my life today. I don't have to live my life that way. So yeah, it, it, takes, it takes a lot of work. Um, I do spend a, a lot of time um, doing my own personal work. And uh, gratefully, I'm in a position where I can do a lot of service. I can help out of a sense of gratitude in my heart for the gift for my higher power that I've been given. I do the best that I can to share this message this message, recovery is possible for anybody that is willing to do the work. Willingness and desperation, gotta have both. You know, my sponsor has never relapsed. And she asked me, so, so what, what's, what, what's the difference? And I said, well, you know, you gotta be willing because if you're not willing, you're not gonna do this work. And then if you're not desperate, you're not gonna do this work. So you need both. You know, I had to be desperate and I had to be willing. I was willing to do whatever she told me to do. 
you know, the first thing she said to do was, I want you to buy a new big book. And I was ready to box saying, I learned me. And I said, oh, I said, I was going to do whatever she told me to do. And I'm so glad that I did, because when I got my new big book, without all my underlines and highlights and notes, I got to read it as, and it was like, oh my God, what, did I ever read this before? And, and gratefully, all she did was guide me through, you know, the instruction. But if she had said, I want you to stand in the corner and spit nickels, I would have tried my darndest to stand in the corner on my head and spit nickels. But she didn't, you know, she didn't have me do anything except what it's, you know, directed to do in the, in the big book. And I'm, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful, number one, that I just kept coming back. So that when I was ready, when I was done, I was in the right place. And I knew that at my very first meeting, I knew I was home. So if you remember nothing else that I say, just keep coming back.